Welcome to the Red Light Report, your number one source for all things red light therapy, where you will learn how to optimize your health, wellness, and longevity with the power of photobiomodulation. I'm your host, Dr. Mike Belkowski. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of the Red Light Report. Today, we have a bona fide biohacker <laughs> on the call. She goes by Brittany Ford aka biohacking Brittany. If you see her on Instagram, she has a very devout following. Um, she's a registered holistic nutritionist that focuses on supporting gut, hormonal, and skin health through nutrition and biohacking. Yeah. She works with clients online from all over the world, and she's currently based in Vancouver, BC, which I have yet to visit, but would love to. And she loves serving the world by sharing her health journey through social media and her podcast, Biohacking with Brittany, and working with clients one-on-one. She's been on a wild health journey over the past 11 years, healing from leaky gut syndrome, candida, parasites, dysbiosis, and hormonal imbalances through various health modalities. Brittany also has a top 15 biohacking podcast that was voted on in 2019 and 2020, and also voted a top 27 holistic nutritionist to follow in 2020. So I'm very excited to have her on the podcast. Welcome to the Red Light Report, Brittany. Awesome. Well, thank you for that introduction and thank you for having me. My pleasure. So let's just hop in to the main topic and what your your niche is, is biohacking. And so Mm -hmm. for most people listening to this podcast, they've probably at least heard of biohacking, but maybe not. So could you explain to us what biohacking is and how you got into it? Yeah, definitely. So I found biohacking in 2018 back then it wasn't nearly as popular as it is now and really kind of fell in love with the philosophy behind it. The way that I define biohacking is holistic self-care for optimal health. Basically what that means is that instead of only looking at a specific pillar like fitness or nutrition, biohacking is very encompassing and very 360 for an individual. It looks at sleep, it looks at stress, it looks at hormones, like gut health, like basically everything that makes you, you. And then the goal is optimal health. And so it's not perfect health because no one has perfect health, right? It's just kind of taking you from where you are right now, transforming, and then getting you to a healthier place in a sustainable way. So when I kind of hopped on the bandwagon, you know, in 2018, I was so for it because in my own health journey, when I had only tried to do specific things like take a supplement or try a diet, it didn't work. But when I started actually like looking at my sleep and looking at my life in general and just kind of like zooming out and seeing like what is working, what isn't working, that is when I got really, really great health results. And so I was like, yep, I'm for this, let's go. And now when I work with clients, it's the same thing. Like I'm a nutritionist by trade but I apply biohacking principles all the time and focus on lifestyle quite a lot. And so with biohacking, is one of the main tenets or at least one of the principles that you're testing what you're doing so that you know what does or doesn't work? Kind of like you're alluding to, you're taking this supplement, you're taking that, it's not working or you don't know if it is unless you're doing blood tests. So it seems like a pretty strong pillar of of biohacking is the testing whether it's with the aura ring or doing the blood panels or otherwise, would you agree with that? Yeah, definitely. There's something to be said about like quantifying yourself, whether it's through an aura ring or a blood test and looking at your markers and if they're suboptimal 
also looking at your symptoms and signs that are kind of going around that at the same time, and then trying to improve that and retesting. It's good because like the, the data is very helpful, but it's, it's not the only thing, but it is helpful. And now we have so many things that we can get tested. Even like the at-home testing world for health has exploded, especially with the pandemic, right? Like we're just able to do way more now without a doctor. And that is very liberating. So it's very cool. Definitely. And so what's your process for, let's say, seeing or reading about or learning about a new biohacking tool? How do you go about kind of vetting whether it's legit or not and or if you want to try using it? And then if you do use it, how do you track it as far as whether or not it's working for your body? Yeah, great question. Um, I think we're at a point now where there's so much new technology and supplements and things coming out. Like I get it, right? Like the field is growing and people are making businesses and, and I get it. And so when I hear of things, sometimes I'm excited about it if I think it's going to be applicable to me. And then sometimes I'm, I just kind of dismiss it if I don't really think it's necessary. So if I have something specific that I'm trying to improve and I hear of a biohack or read it or yeah, read an article on it and I think it's going to help, then I will dive into it, try it myself and track it, right? Like Aura Ring, for example. So I got an Aura Ring in the start of 2019. I actually won it in a contest and it remarkably changed my sleep. Like so much, so much. I, like I can't even talk enough about it. So with something like that, where you can really track the data and like see like the before and after, it's worth it, right? But there's definitely biohacks that I've tried or technology that I've tried. I'm like, no, this isn't for me. It doesn't do much. And then I just stop using it. Last thing we want people to feel is like, I have all of these things that I need to do every single day in order to be a biohack, in order to biohack my body. And then I'm overwhelmed. I'm stressed. Okay, screw that. I'm not going to do anything. And I'm going to go eat McDonald's, right? Like, So I think you take what's good for you and then you leave the rest. That's a good point as far as biohacking, because it's easy to get kind of caught up in everything. Mm -hmm. And it, it's it's a rabbit hole, I mean, which is exciting because it's like you're saying, it's liberating because it does, when utilized correctly, optimize your health, optimizes your energy, you start feeling better and all that good stuff. But it's a rabbit hole in the sense, you'll find one thing that leads to three others, it leads to five others. And it's like, how much time and how much money does a person have? So with that being said, what are some of the, let's say, top biohacks that would be kind of move, move the needle the most for, for a person just looking to you know boost their energy and optimize their health? Yeah. I mean, honestly, the ones that I tend to promote time and time again are free biohacks and like very, very simple things. So focusing on your sleep, right? And that means going to bed at a reasonable time, ideally the same time every night, blackout curtains, no bright light, reducing blue light before you go to bed, and then cold room, like all of these different like little things that you can tweak and doing that night in and night out. Another example is like getting into nature a lot, right? It sounds so simple. And so yeah, like everyone can do it, but not everybody does. And especially in the last like year and a half, I don't know how indoors have we been, how much Netflix are we watching? Just not moving enough. So I think if we 
start with the basics, like the simple, simple basics of getting into nature, moving our bodies and sleeping well, and even nutrition, like that's huge, right? Like that is a, like you're looking at the majority of your life right there. Like that is so, so fundamental before buying anything before like doing anything to like nitty gritty, like get those down and then go from there. Totally agree. Build a foundation, make sure mm-hmm. your um, fundamentals are rock solid before looking yeah. to, you know, spend money on the newest technology or, or the newest yeah. supplement. Totally agree. And so I want to kind of backpedal to, um, you mentioned about the aura ring and how it changed mm. your sleep. So what specifically yeah. did it do for you or how did you utilize it to really upgrade and optimize your sleep? Yeah. So I knew of the aura ring before I won it and I wish I had bought it. Uh, and I just didn't. But at the time, I was waking up multiple times throughout the night, four or five times throughout the night, and felt relatively rested, but still would get up, go to the bathroom, even if I didn't need to go. Like it was just this like urgency that I would just like wake up. I don't I didn't know what it was from. And then I got the aura ring and I started started wearing blue blocking glasses started putting my phone away at 7 p.m., blackout curtains, not eating before bed, really going to bed earlier. And so I was able to actually look at my sleep and look that I was starting to actually sleep through the night. And it was amazing. Like I was getting way more deep sleep than I normally was. I was feeling more rested, had more energy, can feel the difference in my workouts too, right? Like you can actually push harder if you've slept well, obviously. So it really, really changed a lot for me, to be honest. It's, it's kind of keeps you um, accountable in a way, right? Because you're always mm-hmm. going to see that score in the morning and then you hope that it's yeah. good. And if it's not, it makes you yeah. think about what did I do that was different that downgraded my sleep or made my ready sco- readiness score or HRV or whatever lower than yeah. it should have been. Do you have an aura ring? Yes, I do. And I, nice. I don't wear it during the day, but I do use okay. it for sleep. And I agree with you that um, it does make me more alert and more assertive with my sleep environment and my sleep hygiene. And it's definitely helped me as well. Nice. I'm a big fan. Let's dive into you know a little bit more biohacking before we get into your um, uh, role as a registered holistic nutritionist. But what are some of your favorite biohacking tools right now or that you see coming out on the horizon? Yeah. Yeah. This is a great question. I recently got something called the sensate and I very like, I don't really promote brands very often, but, um, this is something that it hangs from your neck. And I know this is a podcast, so not a lot of people are seeing this, but hangs from your, from your neck and it vibrates and it actually vibrates your chest, like bones or plate. And so it actually vibrates the vagus nerve. And so the vagus nerve connects the gut to the brain. And when you like you sing, I think like gargle, I don't know if talking does it, maybe a little bit, it, it vibrates it, but this is a device that actually does it for you. So it actually increases the communication between your gut and your brain for like elevated mood, helping digestion, just helping communication throughout your body. Like it's just really, really cool. So I just tried that this week for the first time and was like, actually surprised that I felt better when I was using it. Cause sometimes I try these things that I get sent and I don't really feel a difference to be honest. Like it just really doesn't do anything for me. And so it was really cool to see technology come out and be like, wow, like I'm in a better mood than I was 10 minutes ago. This is great. 
That's pretty interesting. So is it, does it mm-hmm. run on battery in order to vibrate or how does that work? Yeah. So it uses Bluetooth. Now, obviously EMF is a concern with that. And so you use it for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes maximum. Yeah. Interesting. Have you measured its EMF or do they have a, a rating on it or something? I'm just curious. Yeah, they don't have a rating and I currently don't have a EMF reader. Mine broke, so I need to get another one. So I don't know what it is for that, but I'm very curious to like take a look at that because that yeah, is obviously yeah, a concern. Yeah, because w- with biohacking, it's like <laughs> to include Wi-Fi or Bluetooth is like taking two steps forward, one step back. If you're going to be exposing your body yeah. to this tool on a consistent basis, which is probably going to optimize your cellular health or what have you. but if it's mm-hmm. incorporating those, you know, Bluetooth Wi-Fi, then it's like kind of taking a step back. So if there was a way not to, of course, that'd be great. But, but it's pretty interesting, like you said, that you're able to stimulate the vagus nerve mm-hmm. the vibration, like on your sternum. Pretty darn cool. Do they have any research behind it? Yeah, I think there's quite a bit. And I can like send you the link after. I'm like, I'm very new to using it and I like don't work for them. So <laughs> yeah, totally. it's just interesting to see biohacking explode and people coming out with very creative solutions to the health problems that people are facing. It's very innovative. The space is so innovative. And that's like one of the things I love about it. We just have people coming out with new things and yeah, it's just really, really cool to see. And and I'm excited to see where it goes in the next 10 years for sure. Yeah. Like you said, you started this, what, three years ago or so, and Mm -hmm. it's already exploded in the three years. So like you said, what happens in, in the next decade or so? Any other tools that you use consistently or like, or that that you're looking forward to? Yeah. I mean, what do I use right now? I have to actually think about it. I have a massage gun, which is new. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know if that counts, (laughs) but um, it's new to me. So it's really cool to be able to do that and not have to go to a massage therapist and also just really help like move the lymph in your body. Right. Like, massage therapists obviously do that as well but it's really fun to just like massage out sore muscles and your legs at the end of the day and they're they've become so popular as well which is really cool too right this podcast interview was brought to you by the longev revive cream if you haven't heard of this cream before go back and listen to the podcast interview with david horanek one of the people that helped create this amazing cream. The cream was specifically developed to enhance red light therapy treatment sessions. And not only that, but improve vibrational healing from the frequencies of full spectrum sunlight. The Revive includes special ingredients such as photodynamic amino acids, which helps convert UV light to red light. It increases production of this thing called fibronectin, which is said to be the holy grail of anti-aging. And then there's astaxanthin, which has been shown in clinical studies to increase skin moisture, moisture retention, and elasticity. There's turmeric, which contains an antioxidant, anti-inflammatory, and antimicrobial properties. There's copper peptides, which also has antioxidant, anti-inflammatory effects. C60 has high antioxidant power to prevent skin aging, 172 times more than vitamin C. And then there's also geranium rose, shungite, humic acids, and most of these ingredients are organic and they're all high, high quality. So if you want to check this cream out, go to longev.com, that's L-O-N-G-E-V-V.com, or you can also find it on biolite.shop, that's biolite.shop.
so as a registered holistic nutritionist, what is, mm. what is your approach on, you know, nutrition and diets, whether it's for yourself or for your clients? Yeah. You know, for myself, I am pretty much paleo all of the time. And I've been that way for like 10 years or so, and really just focus on nutrient dense food, whole foods, food that comes from the planet and not a packaged box. Right. So if I'm going to eat carbs, choosing like yams instead of crackers, like type of idea. And that's kind of where I've been and been for a very long time. I've played with keto here and there. I've played with intermittent fasting, didn't love either of them. So kind of like, like staying in the paleo world, but for my clients, like I don't even recommend paleo. Like I just try and recommend whole food again, like real food. Right. And you'd be surprised how many people don't eat that. And it's like, in the morning, it's cereal. And at lunch, it's bagels and cookies and just like processed food over and over again. And of course, like there's bigger issues at hand here, like the accessibility of food and the price of food is very much like not fair to the, how nutrient dense it is, right? Like it's way cheaper to go to McDonald's than to feed a family of five all organic food with like grass-fed, grass-finished meat, right? Like it's just difficult. And, and that is a very big issue that a lot of people face. So instead of you know promoting a specific diet, I like to keep it more simple to start anyway and stick with whole foods. I have some clients who are keto and some clients who are vegan and like that's totally fine, but the same principles apply. In your schooling, did they teach you about you know fasting or inter intermittent fasting? Oh, that's such a good question. Um, wow. I don't think so. I've never actually thought about that. I don't think so. One of those things like biohacking, it's like fasting has mm -hmm. really certain keto, I suppose, has really surged yeah. in the past handful of years. So it seems like a lot of people yeah. are just talking about it. I'm just curious how many people learn about it in their you know respective schooling. Yeah. I think yeah. I did learn about it in a, in a space of like medical focused, like doing a three day fast or a five day fast, or even like, I don't know, a two week fast or only water, whatever it is under medical supervision for some sort of really serious condition. But I don't think I learned at all about like intermittent fasting, like choosing to do that, choosing to delay meals like that. No. Gotcha. What does a dessert for Brittany look like? Oh my gosh! Um, when it, when you're on when you're being good, and then what happens if if uh, what does that dessert like look like if you slide a little bit? Yeah. So right now I'm doing 75 hard. I don't know if you know what that is, but basically for 75 days you have to do these. I think there's five different things every single day, and if you don't do them every single day, you fail and you have to start again. Um, and so one of them is follow a diet completely, no cheat meals, which I don't like that saying, but that's what they say. No cheat meals, no alcohol, nothing. So I think I'm on day 57 today. So I haven't had dessert or anything like that because you're, you're like not allowed. And so I'm, I'm paleo literally a hundred percent of all of my meals right now. And typically I'm paleo like 80%. 
that's the only way I can sustain it is to do it 80, 20. And so dessert right now doesn't exist. It looks like an apple with like almond butter. If that even counts, that counts, that counts. <laughs> yeah. And then a dessert when I'm not fully like this is, you know, like coconut ice cream, uh, no dairy. And ideally the sugar is like, like maybe xylitol or like mm -hmm. something healthier in there. Um, sort of healthy the substitute. Yeah. And there are brands out there that do that. So yeah, something like that. So even when, when you're not on it, if you will, you're, you're still pretty darn healthy. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, I think, um, I think my kryptonite is road trips. Like we, we tend to do a lot of like hiking and camping and stuff, especially in the summers. And it's hard when I don't have food planned and we go to Starbucks. Right. And then I'm like, okay, I'm going to get a breakfast sandwich. Right. Because there's no other food to eat. So that has definitely happened sometimes, but that's just how it goes. Right. And whenever I do that, I take a bunch of digestive enzymes to make sure I just like crunch it out, get it out. <laughs> that's one of the toughest parts of diet is traveling unless you're yeah. really good at pre-planning because you are just kind of a product or a kind of um, you're handcuffed by your environment, whether it's the airport or some gas station you're going to, if you're with friends who aren't on the same, you know, health kick that you are, yeah. um, you might end up a Starbucks or you might end up getting something at the airport deli that, that really doesn't tick all your boxes, but yeah, traveling's tough. So what do you ever deal with that with your clients as far as trying to, mm -hmm. trying to coach them with, you know, how to optimize their diet while traveling? Yeah. I mean, of course, like the best thing would be to prep at home, right? Like fruit, vegetables, leftovers from the night before. A lot of the time when I have extra time, I will make like muffins, like just a ton of them because they're filling and they're easy to eat on the go and they can last a few days or so. So I usually give my clients recipes like that because that is really what's helpful. But you can also fast, right? Like you can travel and just choose not to eat. So during this time right now, when I'm like fully paleo, I've just been like, getting tea or getting coffee and not eating. And of course you have to be careful to not overdo it, but sometimes skipping the meal is actually better than the meal itself. That's what I try to do. At least when yeah. flying specifically as fast as much as possible, because yeah. it's usually a very early flight. So I'm not going to drink coffee on that early flight and I'm not going to eat just because the digestive system's not normal with traveling, especially in the air. So I, I do that. I basically fast until I land in whatever city I'm I'm going to, then I have a pretty nice meal. Yeah. Right. I used to, I used to do the same. Like I was traveling quite a lot before 2020 and it was the same thing. Like I would just, I would just fast and, and yeah, drink a lot of water and hydrate. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's another thing too, as far as water was all the plastic. And there's been some pretty interesting posts or research on how much, you know, uh, like microplastics or whatever are found in people's blood that Oof. drink from plastic bottles all the time, which yeah. I guess my generation, our generation kind of grew up with was like these Gatorade bottles, water bottles. Mm -hmm. um, but it's actually crazy how much plastic particles can be found in your blood from people that drink from those water bottles consistently. I travel with a hydro flask or, or at least a glass bottle and, and then nice. drink from that. I mean, that's, I guess, going to the next level, but that's also something to consider is um, all, the, yeah. all the plastic from those water bottles. 
same, like I have a glass water bottle and I've had many and I've broken many <laughs> over the years, but I always tend to buy another one. It's hard, right? Like at one point you just feel like I have to change everything and everything needs to be the healthiest version of that thing. And it can definitely be overwhelming. And I, I feel that. So. so just doing the best that you can. And that's another yeah. thing. Like why, why get stress? Stress, like you said, perfect health is kind of unattainable. It's that thing we're always striving for, but uh, stressing about it, raising the cortisol levels and, and yeah. going down that whole health, you know, ramifications. It's, it's finding that middle, middle ground of being happy with your health journey and knowing that it's just always, always a process and always in progress. And you're always going to learn more mm-hmm. and more and more. So just being happy with, you know, being where you are now, reflecting to remember where you've come from, because a lot of people have amazing health journeys and just know yeah. that you're going to continue to improve and not to stress yeah. about trying to be perfect. Yeah. It's hard. A lot of people like focus on the destination, right? Whether it's something like super measurable, like losing weight, you know, like I'll be happy when I lose another five pounds, 20 pounds, whatever it is. It's hard. You get so caught up in that. And it's so easy to get caught up in that too even with social media and the online world, like you can find people who totally support that narrative very easily. And you can be- go down the rabbit hole of like becoming obsessive of this one thing that you want to fix. Like I've definitely gone through that myself and had to like distance myself from that and just kind of, I don't know, get back to a place of self-love, which sounds so cheesy and woo-woo. But when you come from a place like that, then you're less hard on yourself to be like this perfect human with perfect health. Yep. Totally agree with that. If you could just kind of, yeah, what your general experience is, how you got into it or learned about it and, you know, what results or or health benefits you've, you've noticed, if any. Yeah. So I started using red light therapy in 2019 after I was done traveling, started with using it in the morning for my skin and saw some benefit. At the time, I was <laughs> I was dealing with adult acne for the first time ever. Like, never had acne as a teenager, and then got acne for like I don't even know ten months of my life, and now thankfully it's gone. So, was really trying to use red light therapy to help with collagen and help heal scarring and just like get really deep into the skin. Um, so, I did it for a long time when I was trying to heal from that. And then I have used it for a couple other things as well. So I was having pain in my right wrist for a while. And I think it was because I like use my phone with my right hand and I use my computer mouse with my right hand and I work online all the time. So it was just getting overused. And so I started using red light therapy for that too, to just really help with the pain and inflammation that I'm assuming was there. And so that helped as well. And so, yeah, those are the two main things that I've used it for right now. Do you still use it on a semi-consistent or consistent basis just as like a prophylactic anti-inflammatory or um, pro-circulatory mitochondrial health? Yeah. Like, to be honest, I don't. Like, I, I find I go in phases with it. So for my skin, it was like every day for like six months. And when I, when I was having wrist pain, it was like every day it was plugged in right by, by my, my desk. And it was like a part of my daily routine, but right now, like it just isn't. And I don't know, I think I just do that with a lot of biohacks and like healthy trends and things. I just kind of go in waves with it. Yeah. 
It's one of those things though, that's very versatile and it's always there if you do need it. So like you said, if your wrist yeah. crops up or headaches, migraines or yeah. further skin health in the, in the future wound healing, I mean, it's always there. So it's, it's a nice tool to have, you know, one of, one of your interests is, is talking or learning or working with clients on women's health. Mm-hmm. And we kind of talked about this before the recording. There's some research as far as photobiomodulation for, for women's health, especially um, infertility. It's kind of scant overall. Uh, mm-hmm. The theory is there as far as improving mitochondrial health. And as far as, as with anything, reducing inflammation, improving circulation will help. But it's kind of interesting because as far as mitochondria density is concerned mm-hmm. on a cellular level, the egg has the most. I think yeah. it's upwards of 500,000 to 600,000 per egg, mm-hmm. which compared to most cells, there's hundreds to thousands. So, and it goes back to the research done by Dr. Doug Wallace, who's, who's the leading mitochondrial researcher in the world. And he's the one that found out and determined that our mitochondrial is inherited from our mom. So it's, it's a maternal inheritance. Mm-hmm. And, and it makes sense that it's because that egg has all the mitochondria, whereas the sperm has none. So that's mm-hmm. how it gets passed down from mother to mother to mother. Interesting. That little story aside, what have you learned about women's health that you would like to share or that, that you work with other clients about? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really interesting. So I have tried to use red light therapy on my ovaries, like where the eggs are, obviously. It's hard to measure something like that in terms of fertility, unless you have something like endometriosis and you have symptoms that get better, I guess. And then I kind of went through the, the process of like how much EMF is coming from this, how much radiation is coming from this, because it's pretty close to your body. Right. And so, yeah, there's a ton of mitochondria in there. It's the most mitochondrial dense part in the female body and the male body, but mitochondria is also very, very sensitive to EMF. So do they kind of just like counteract each other and balance out? And so there's no point in doing it at all. So when I kind of went through that, I was like, I stopped doing that because like you said, like there's not enough research to be like, Hey, look, every single woman should be doing this. If you do find that out, definitely let me know. Cause I'm very interested in that. But in terms of like women's health, when, when I deal with clients, it's similar, right? Like a lot of women come to me who have fertility struggles and a lot of women who are coming off of birth control for the first time, you know, women who've been on birth control for like 16 years and don't really know their cycles and just assumed that every month they got a period when they were on birth control, that was actually a proper period when it's actually not. And would just assume that they'd be able to get pregnant right away. Right. And so there's a lot of information there and there's a lot of like discussion that we need to have in terms of understanding that it can take like a year for your body to actually excrete all of those hormones that you've been putting in you and then get a regular cycle and then maybe become pregnant. Right. And that's not what we hear in the media very often. So it's a lot of conversations like that. So I help a lot of women with even like detoxing from being on birth control, regulating your menstrual cycle, like supplements for that nutrition for that. A lot of women are overstressed and overworked and are very hard on themselves. Just expect them to be the best and expect their careers to be the best and expect to get pregnant right away and have this magical experience right away. And so 
it's really kind of like bringing this sense of grace to it and, and self-love again, and kind of creating a protocol that is holistic and also just (laughs) over time too, right? Like over a few months, over a year, not this like quick fix, do this thing. Like let's like red light therapy, right? Like what's the difference between using red light therapy once versus using it every day for a month? The difference is going to be substantial, right? So it's kind of like that same idea. Instilling those lifestyle habits that are for the better. And kind of going back to birth control pills, can you kind of dive into the negative ramifications of of being on that for such a long time? Like, doesn't it mess with your hormones? Obviously, you kind of alluded to that. But I mean, are there any other negative side effects that that aren't really touted or well known about Mm -hmm. being on birth control? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm definitely no expert in this. And there are a lot of women uh, gynecologists and stuff that are experts. But speaking from my own experience, I was on birth control for seven and a half years. And five of those years, I had an IUD, which still secreted hormones. And when I came off, my, my menstrual cycle was a mess. It was all over the place. My moods were all over the place, uh, even skin issues at that time as well, and just took a long time to get to a, p- a place of reg- regularity, right? And that's definitely concerning. And that's, and that's why a lot of women are so concerned of it. Of course, there's a time and place for birth control, and I'm not anti-birth control at all, but I just question the idea of using it as much as we do. I think it's prescribed a lot for things that are not to actually control birth, right? So a woman will go into a doctor's office and say, hey, I have terrible cystic acne. And the doctor will say, okay, go on birth control. It's going to change your hormones. It's going to fix it. But then maybe it does fix it and maybe she gets hooked on it. And then she's scared to come off of it because she's scared her acne is going to come back. Or maybe it doesn't get better and gets worse. And so she tries a different different pill, right? And so then you're kind of just throwing (laughs) so many different hormone combinations at you and your body's like, what the heck is going on? So when, like when I was in university, everyone was on birth control, right? Like every, every girlfriend I had was on birth control, but now it's very common for people not to be on birth control. Like a lot of my friends aren't, they'll track their cycles. They'll, you know, take their temperature in the morning. They'll do different methods, and it's really cool to actually see it become more popular not to do that, but still learn how to not get pregnant if that's not what you want. Um, and it's very liberating again, right? Like we're no longer relying on this doctor and this pharmaceutical. We're actually taking charge of our health and like learning about our bodies and how it works. Yep. I love that. Like mm-hmm. you say, being free of, of the pharmacological intervention or having to go to an MD, you know, X, yeah. X amount of times per year, it's, it's liberating in so many ways. And that alone sh- should be a reason enough for, for people to kind of get into the biohacking sphere or just, you know, take their health into their own hands, which I think this past year of the pandemic has really pushed um, yeah. more and more people to be their own best advocate for their health. and seek out these alternative methods, whether, whether they're biohacking or not, it could be nutritional or, mm-hmm. or exercise or, or whatnot. But I think more and more people are, are starting to become aware that they 
their health is in their own hands. It's not determined by the DNA and it's not determined by their doctor that, that they are responsible and they, they can turn it around if they want to. Mm-hmm. So it is very cool. So tell us about these MFEs because <laughs> we've talked about EMFs multiple times yeah. uh, now. So let's talk about these MFEs, these healthier underwear that are going to be EMF blocking. Tell us about yeah. this project. Yeah. So in the fall of last year, as I am right now, I was sitting at my desk and thinking about how much computers and phone and Wi-Fi and everything that was surrounding me, that is surrounding me, just sitting here, right? And day in and day out, working online, being in an apartment, that being amplified by like however many Wi-Fi routers are on this floor, et cetera, et cetera. I just got to thinking of like environmental health and I've done a lot for environmental health in terms of like using an air purifier and like using a water filter, but not necessarily thinking about how electronics are actually impacting our health. I knew of EMF and like I knew of like some brands out there and like different things like that in the biohacking space, but I hadn't seen anything for women because I wanted to buy EMF blocking underwear for women. I wanted to buy myself a pair so I could wear it every single day and know that my ovaries are protected. Again, they're so mitochondrial dense and I want to have kids one day and I don't want to be screwing that up by mistake without even knowing it. And yeah, there wasn't anything on the market, uh, anything that I would wear anyway. So there was, I mean, there still is like a couple of pairs out there and they're just not made by women. It's very obvious. I, I have them and they're like granny panties and they're terrible. <laughs> um, I won't name names, but they're just awful. So I started researching it and I was like, you know what? Like I'm in the biohacking space. I can totally create this product and I can totally do this for women. And then I started looking at the research and there is research out there that shows EMF can delay ovulation right? And so if you're delaying ovulation, you're impacting your fertility because if you don't ovulate, you can't have a kid, right? And there's research that shows how EMF can increase miscarriages and like cause birth defects in kids. So I just wanted to bring this to the world. And I just uh, last week sent in my designs again. We're creating a new prototype. Um, So we're still tweaking it. And when it's good enough for me to wear it every single day, it will come to the market. I'm hoping in the next couple of months, because I've been talking about it for so long <laughs> and we're going to do a pre-sale, I think. And there's going to be two different designs and yeah, they're totally going to block your ovaries. They're totally going to block your, all your lady parts and they're going to be antibacterial as well because of what the fabric is made out of. Um, like the silver thread kills bacteria membranes on con on contact. So it's really great. Like it's just healthier underwear and we need it. So I'm excited about it. (laughs) And that's definitely something I think that's easily overlooked as underwear uh, being like a biohacking tool. But like you said, it's protecting, you know, the genital area, which is kind of important, especially if you're trying to have kids, but even otherwise. So, you know, good for you. And that, that sounds like a really cool project. Can you tell us what makes it um, EMF blocking like mm-hmm. what uh, material or quote unquote ingredient you're using to block the EMFs? Yeah, so it has silver thread 
in the actual like makeup of the fabric, there's a couple different ways that you can do it. So it can have silver thread in it, or it can be sprayed with like a silver coating, but I didn't want to spray anything because I kind of questioned what's in the spray and like, how does that all work? So it's right in the fabric and the silver, because it's a metal conductor when, you know, using your phone, using your laptop, when the radiation actually comes and tries to hit the body, it just kind of bounces off and goes the other direction. And, you know, there's a lot of EMF blocking products out there now, right? For men, there's a ton of boxers, there's uh, blankets, there's, uh, you know, like t-shirts, like all sorts of things, but nothing that's like woman focused as well. And something that I was just talking about on my podcast the other day was the lack of like female biohackers in general and the lack of female led biohacking companies. Right. And that's what I want to see. And I'm hoping Emphys is that because I really want to increase the female discussion in the biohacking space in general. That surprises me, but you're, you're right. As far as the quote unquote biohacking leaders, they seem to be mostly males, mm-hmm. but you know, whether it's, you know, me practicing physical therapy or, or, you know, customers with BioLite, ironically, I would say 90% of them are female because mm-hmm. females are more likely to take care of themselves health-wise mm-hmm. of what I, is what I have found. But yeah, like you're saying, as far as leading, leading the charge, yeah. um, it would be great to have more people like you uh, coming out, you know, coming out with these great products and just information. So, you know, kudos to you for doing that and, you know, really have done, have been doing it for, you know, three plus years. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Well, cool. Keep us posted on, on uh, the amphis. It always takes longer than you think to, to put a product on the market. <laughs> it's kind of frustrating, but as long as yeah. you get there, you know, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I'm just, yeah, banking on. <laughs> so before we sign off here, whether they're biohacking tactics or not, we kind of talked about this, but what would you want some people or what would you want people to be implementing into their lives to improve their health, you know, mitochondrial health, longevity, other than what we've talked about so far? Yeah. I mean, that's a big question. I mean, if you're doing the basics, there's like so many places that you can go with that. I think I really just want people to become more aware of themselves in general. I think that we kind of have this idea that as we get older, it's okay for like things to kind of just like slip. When people are older, they use that as an excuse, right? Like, oh, I'm not 21 anymore. I don't have the metabolism of an 18 year old and people are gaining weight or they're tired or they're angry or they're moody or, you know, they have low libido and they just blame age all the time. And I don't really think that that is fair. And I don't think that that is necessarily, um, I don't think it has to be that way. So I think increasing your awareness around the symptoms and signs that you're dealing with and your body day in and day out, whether that's through a journal or notes on your phone, or even just being more intuitive, I think that's a fantastic thing to add on. And then you can start quantifying yourself too. If you really want to get into biohacking, like that would be great as well. I like that answer. Just being self-aware. Yeah. Not, not being a prisoner of, of the, mm-hmm. the current health status or, or age, like you were saying, you know, that's, that's good. Yeah. So Brittany, where can people go to, you know, learn more about you and learn more from you? Yes. 
Um, my website is biohackingbrittany.com. Um, you can go there for MFEs as well. So we have a wait list right now for the pre-order. So you can join the wait list. Um, I'm Biohacking Brittany on Instagram, where I'm probably most active in terms of social media. And I have a podcast, which is Biohacking with Brittany. So definitely listen in every week. Awesome. Well, Brittany, appreciate your time. Appreciate the conversation and, uh, you know, informing me in, in my audience about, you know, biohacking, some women's health and just health in general. So appreciate your time. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. All right, guys, this is Dr. Mike Belkowski and Biohacking Brittany signing off. Have a great week. <laughs> thank you for listening to the Red Light Report. If you like what you heard today, go ahead and leave us a review on iTunes and other podcast platforms to help spread the word so other people can learn about the many health, wellness, and longevity benefits of red light therapy. If you're looking for more educational content, check out our Instagram page at biolight.shop and our YouTube channel, Biolight. I'm Dr. Mike Belkowski, and I'll see you on the next episode.